You're listening to KSQD's Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Danielle Davis. And I'm Jacob Sheckman. We're part of Your Future is Our Business, which is a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students ages 10 to 18 explore careers by connecting them to adults through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. You're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview and highlight the career journeys of inspirational people in Santa Cruz County. If you've ever thought, hmm, how did they get that job? Or what is that job really like? Then keep on listening. We would like to remind listeners that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect or represent those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. Please note that the information provided during this program does not reflect the career in its entirety. Thanks for being here again. Uh, Eric is the CEO and founder of Now City. And I kind of want to just, I guess, start off big and broad. Tell us what is Now City and what are some of your major roles as the CEO? Okay. Well, Now City, I'm going to start out by telling you my mission, which has evolved over the last couple of years. And my mission is to accelerate the transition to regenerative human habitats. And I'll go into that, what that means a little more later. Now City, the company that I am founder and CEO of in its uh, current incarnation is a design and research agency, which means I'm building a team of experts to help governments, business, and community leaders leverage a cutting-edge technology to develop innovative solutions that move us toward climate resilience, social equity, and sustainable or even regenerative economic development. Wow. Yeah, what a mission. Let's uh, I'm, we'll go in reverse a little bit here. What was the difference between, uh, you said regenerative or what was the second one there? Sustainable. Sustainable. So what would be the difference between those? So sustainable is the word we've been using. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with that one. It just means let's you know, move towards behaviors and activities in our human, you know, world that, uh, you know, don't do damage and and kind of keep nature healthy and, you know, the, the ecosystems we depend on um, require that we act sustainably. And the problem with that word now that was highlighted at the TEDx uh, conference a few weeks ago by Finian Makepeace of kisstheground.org. Um, he, he made a good argument uh, for this idea I've already been um, talking about for a year or two also, which is if we sustain the things that are happening now, they're kind of on a downward course. And so sustaining something that's you know going the wrong way isn't really what we want to do. And so the alternative to that is regeneration. So just from what you've said about your your company and what you do there, could you give an example of a project that you've worked on? Because do you work with other local companies to help them become more regenerative and sustainable sort of thing? Or what does your job look like? That's a great question. And the answer is no, not yet. Okay. Um, because it's I've just formed the, the company in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing so my my role as CEO now is more about uh, 
getting ready to provide these services to customers. So one of your approaches to to fixing some of these things is is now City, right? This this company you have, have to develop a a now city is it i just to clarify mm. i want to say a now city is that your because this is a, a conceptual thing in your head still correct the yeah now city as a so so now city is a company that's going to provide design and research services to people um but yeah the the thing that drives me is a vision in my head of what a city of the future you know looks like what are some characteristics unless this is proprietary company information, what kind of characteristics does a uh, regenerative habitat exhibit? Um, I'm not making this up, um, and it, it isn't all in my head. I've, I've done research for two years, and, and there's a huge community globally that is working on the, the same problem from the same point of view. And so t- to try to summarize is a little tricky because city life is pretty comprehensive and complicated as you can imagine but in general uh, moving towards cities that work like ecosystems is the goal and in you know right now I'd say a a primary example of how we could do it different is what we've been doing is going in and paving over nature and the ground when we build cities and instead of doing that which causes all kinds of problems like heat buildup, drainage problems, flooding, um, the collection of, of nasty chemicals on the surface of the pavement coming from automobiles and all that and washing all of that into the streams which feed the ocean. Um, an alternative is to have less pavement and more plants. Plants suck up those chemicals and carbon dioxide and generate oxygen for us. That's a pretty obvious trick that we've figured out, you know, in the last hundred years, but we haven't implemented that at scale yet. So, mm-hmm. so you can imagine a now city might have, you know, a lot more green mm-hmm. plants and trees and, and hopefully agriculture. So that's another example. If you bring agriculture and food production closer to where people are and, and where they're consuming it, you not only add that greening that uh, sucks carbon dioxide out of the air, you reduce the you know fuels and and everything that's associated with transporting food. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get you get the the picture. That brings me to this notion of uh, you know I get a lot of feedback that when I start talking about it, it sounds like a problem that's too big uh, to solve, and especially in in the tech world. And this, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of our listeners here who are beginning their careers, mm-hmm. and they're going to get a lot of advice. And one of those pieces of advice is to really focus on something simple and doable. It seems to make sense that you've you have this fascination with uh, trying to aggregate all of these different elements. Because when we asked what other careers, accomplishments, or experiences you had under your belt, if I can just quickly read this list. Please don't make me do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Audio engineer, ranch hand, builder, rock band, recording studio, game design, web design, movie marketing, business strategy consulting, rhythm racer iPhone game, and tech, starter found, tech startup founder of Showtouch, Wisebride, Meta, and Now City. 
So yeah, you are a uh, fairly comprehensive person yourself, right? I, you, to be able to bring all these different things together, your background and experiences for Now City. But uh, we want to go all the way back. I, tell us more about your background. You said you went straight into the film business after graduating from high school? I did. That's just what was available and sort of put in front of me by by the universe, it, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And to go from film business to ranch hand, how does that opportunity even arise for someone in your shoes? That was more like uh, working 80 hours a week in Hollywood just wiped me out, and I saw a huge, you know, I saw decades of that in front of me. And I really thought I was going to take a break after a couple of years and go do some cool adventure in the woods mm-hmm. in Idaho. And that just turned into decades in Idaho instead of Hollywood. Wow. Were you the sole person as the mm-hmm. ranch hand? No, I moved there with my girlfriend at the time, who is my wife, and we've been together for 30 years. Wow. And amazing. Yeah, we thought we were going to go have a romantic adventure and it would last for <laughs> six or 12 months. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the, the the opportunity to take care of this piece of property allowed us to explore our artistic natures. Um, but it was a great opportunity. It was like going to, I, maybe even going to the school I wish everybody could go to. We got to study kind of whatever we wanted. And, and for me, that extended beyond those sort of purely artistic things into a fascination with uh, now I see it as urban planning. I didn't even know that was what it was called at that time. But I, I got all the books out of the library on architecture. And the, for some reason, there wasn't urban planning books in the library. But I saw how the cities were coming together. I found Buckminster Fuller. I take his inspiration with a grain of salt because I want to... I'm very determined to... Uh, have real impact in the world and help us move towards things that are practical and doable. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I encourage all of us to think big and use our imaginations and creativity to imagine the world we want to live in. Because if we don't do that, it's pretty hard to get there. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of the regenerative focus instead of sustaining what we have. You know, you don't, I don't think we really want to keep our cities the way they are. Most people say that, though. They say, we don't want things to change. We want to keep it how it is. Well, we need to imagine what it could be and rethink you know, how we're doing almost everything. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Danielle Davis, and I'm joined by... Jacob Sheckman. We're speaking with Eric Gilberg today and learning about their journey to becoming the CEO of Now City. One thing that I was thinking as I was reading your background and what you're talking about now is how you've moved around a lot and taken like a non-traditional path in everything that you've done. And so I was wondering if you felt challenged to even do any of those things like challenged to move to Idaho and leaving your film career behind because I know that a lot of younger people people in their young 20s or people just graduating high school a really big worry is what major you're going to pick in college or what your first job is going to be it kind of seems like you're signing a guarantee that you'll be there for the rest of your life almost that's not new 
because that's <laughs> how I felt. I, I felt like I was in high school specifically, I was being asked to decide my fate when I was 15. You know, I, I took honors classes and had to pick a career. And I, I picked psychology at that time. It was the only thing that aligned with the, that I was being presented with in high school. So I started taking psychology classes and moving down that path, and then I realized that I didn't, and I didn't like it. So I gave up on it, and then basically didn't go to college because I thought there was no place for me there or something like that, and because I didn't want to choose. So if I'm giving advice to young people, um, I think I was misguided and didn't ask for enough help and guidance at that point. So I made a lot of those intellectual leaps in my mind without talking to people about it. And so I think you can find, you know, good advice when you're a teenager or a young, you know, post-graduation person by doing more asking questions, reaching out for help, finding mentorship. Um, I love that you guys are doing this because this kind of thing did not exist for me when I was that age. Um, so I definitely see a path for young people now that is, there's, there's more information and resources available, and I just would encourage everybody to take advantage of those and take your, your process seriously. You know, like, f give yourself time and space to figure out who you are and what you are interested in. And mm. sometimes that's what you're good at, sometimes it's not. That's okay, too. And I think... I. We were at the uh, tech meetup last night, and one of the titans of tech is 20 years old, working in the entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship program at UCSC now that it sounds like he developed. And he also was just saying, I don't know what I'm going to be. I don't feel like I'm ready to choose. And that makes me think that the whole idea of choosing majors is flawed. You know, it's it's good to go down a path, but that's freaking kids out still. Like, that freaked me out, and, and he totally. just described the same thing. So I think um, this is something I thought about when I, when I looked at your interview questions, and it was about leading with the qualities of curiosity, creativity, compassion, and courage, which is sort of where I've ended up myself. And if you if you focus on qualities instead of a you know like a, making a decision about a path or deciding something that feels like you know you're going to be stuck in it, you can try stuff. You can work get get internships. You can work in in all kinds of opportunities that will give you some insight that may not come right out of you know, your one hour session with a career counselor in high school mm. um, so in in that list of of titles and accomplishments that I, that I read earlier that you gave to us you've, you as you just said you've been in tech for about 10 years now in Santa Cruz and it, it was there a reason that you've gone through all these different routes in technology was it simply just you you just wanted to get your fingers in everything or was there a larger purpose you had thought of ahead of time well as i just mentioned that was uh, there was a something in the back of my mind that i i wanted to 
dig in and learn about tech and how to get things done with tech. As for like why I ended up being involved in three or four different startups in the last 10 years, that's more a function of the natural unfolding of, you know, the tech startup world where 90 plus percent of tech startups fail. <laughs> so, wow. um, <clears throat> luckily the culture of Silicon Valley, it, it doesn't happen all the time or everywhere, but it values failure. Um, that was a statement from, what do you mean by that? Well, um, fail fast is, is a, like a war cry in Silicon Valley, which means you get an idea and you try to build it and you do that as fast as you can because if it's either not a good idea or there's no market for that idea or you can't actually get it built, you need to figure that out as fast as you can so you can move on to the next thing. And just because you fail doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't you know, brush yourself off and get up and do it again right away. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Danielle Davis, and I'm joined by Jacob Sheckman. We're speaking with Eric Gilberg today and learning about their journey to becoming the CEO of Now City. More specific We've... questions about your day-to-day work. I'm curious. So I, I, when I hear someone is a CEO, I think in my head, big boss, because <laughs> I don't really understand what a CEO fully is. Mm. So what is uh, a day in the life of Eric Gilberg, CEO at Now City? CEO is a, is, it's a title, and it does mean big boss sometimes, but really that role is about being of service to the company. And, and not just the boss or the the person who tells people what to do. Um, so as I see it, my role, um, I've, I've had this role before, um, but in this case, I will uh, be responsible for identifying what this service offering is and defining that and, and creating the messaging and branding around that so that I can communicate it to customers and clients and also use that messaging to pull together a team of experts uh, who will some of which will probably be employees and some of which will be contractors some of them will be in Santa Cruz and some may be other places in the world then I will do business development work which as I see it is going out and communicating with potential clients uh, and learning about their needs and then offering them, you know, solutions that are crafted around those needs. Then I'm hoping as a, as a designer and solutionist myself, I want to um, participate in the, the creation of those solutions. And so aside from running the company and doing those other tasks, I will work with the team to develop the solutions and uh, present them to the clients and see that they get implemented. All right. And what's one of the more surprising things you've learned while being in this career? Well, I think when we're talking about this career and the fact that now city is just beginning, um, it makes more sense to talk about um, the career of being in technology uh, and tech startups. 
um, give me a little more framework for what you're what you're specifically interested in, though. What's while you've throughout, let's say, more recent, I guess, this past ten years. Um, what's been one of the most helpful lessons in keeping you going and improving? Because you're clearly you have a, a drive that many people, I think, do not. You you're constantly trying to learn and educate yourself and things that that you love and appreciate, and that's that's very difficult. Um, so how do you, what's been something that's been very helpful that you've picked up in this journey of yours to help you keep going? Um, I think it, it is probably connected to those qualities that I intentionally decided to cultivate. Curiosity, creativity, compassion, and courage is something that none of us really want to have. We don't want to need it, but we all get afraid of things and, and that fear stops us from doing whatever that is. Um, a lot of times, which is too bad because usually what we're afraid of is in our heads. Um, so that's something I've learned along the way too. So, and then added to that is you you touched on it. I, that curiosity just makes me want to learn stuff. And the more I learn, I mean, I'm sure you and our listeners have had the experience of what it feels like when you learn something and you get good at it that's a built-in human thing that we don't really understand that well yet, but we know what it feels like when it happens and we know it feels good. Um, and I, maybe I'm addicted to it even. I love that feeling. It's a great addiction. Yeah. I, I love, um, tackling new things. I, I, I'm like other people though. I don't like to fail, uh, even though now I understand the value of it. Um, it doesn't feel good, but, not doing something because you're afraid of failing. Regarding the answers that you gave to us, that you sent to us ahead of time, you talked about emotional intelligence being very important to you. Hmm. And I'm curious, at, at what point did you recognize this specifically as something that you should cultivate? Yeah, that's a, that's a fun story to talk about. Um, the last startup that I was involved in was called Meta, and it was... Uh, like an iPhone app to connect you with people for friendship, like a dating app for friendship. And I was lucky enough to find an advisor and teammate who identified as a friendship scientist, uh, which is just a cool yeah. phrase. Fun title. Um, I think <laughs> there should be many more of those um, people with that title in the world um, because, as Iris mentioned at the tech startup, uh, the uh, the tech meetup last night, loneliness is epidemic, right? And friendship is a cure for loneliness. So anyway, sh this um, advisor just introduced me to the concept of emotional intelligence as a, as a, you know, it's an area of study and there are assessments and there's something called your EQ, which is like your IQ, but it's your emotional intelligence quotient. And that just feels like when I dug into it, I read the books and did the assessments and realized the power of it to make relationships work better, whether they're friendships or family relationships or business relationships or even relationships with your customers or clients uh, or bosses or whatever it is. 
um, developing those skills, which have to do with understanding your emotional responses to things and how you manage those responses and learning how to identify and understand the emotions of other people and how you deal with those are right, that's the, the fundamental uh, you know underpinning of that science it's just like a superpower that uh, will make everything you do uh, work better I think yeah, I liked when you 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 mentioned in your answers that listening is a superpower that you can acquire. That's just so true of any relationships you have, whether it be your own personal relationships or those you have at work or those you mentor people. I don't know, just anyone in life. It's surprisingly difficult. I'll add to that that listening isn't just for other people, uh, meaning it's not just about listening to other people and what's going on with them. You develop the capacity to listen to situations and for me I feel like I'm listening or perceiving the challenges in the world it's like listening to the planet being aware yeah. right so it's awareness as much as listening with your ears one thing I had that you touched on in your answers that I wanted to talk to you about is with working in an environmentally sustainable focused career do you ever feel hopeless for the direction that um, the climate is going and or just people's attitudes or the what you talked about sustainability versus um, regenerative ability I guess mm -hmm. um, and how do you deal with that well uh, there are definitely lots of scary things happening and we're more aware of what's happening in the world now than we've ever been as a species because of our you know, our internet and our information overload. And what I've discovered, though, is that when I set out to look for solutions that already exist to a lot of these problems, I found them. I looked all over the world, and I'm basically just, you know, via Google, but mm -hmm. I found examples of incredible, very hopeful, very productive efforts happening all over the world um, that changed my outlook radically I mean it doesn't take away the fact that there are some you know unpleasant uncomfortable things happening also right now but part of that um, experience that we're having of, of collective hopelessness is coming from focusing on the 24-hour news cycles that generate bad news all day every day they do that I'm, I'm this is not just me saying this but I'm, I'm sort of reflecting back things that I've read um, we have a, a bad news bias in our brains that was it's sort of evolved there to protect us from danger like you know you should notice when there's a lion by the watering hole that's bad news and you should pay attention and we have that sort of hardwired into our brains. And unfortunately, I think that button is being pushed on purpose um, by media companies. This sounds a little conspiratorial, but I don't, I don't really see it that way. It's just sort of bad news sells. We figured that out about 100 years ago. The newspapers started, you know, selling more newspapers when they would focus on bad news. So it doesn't mean that the bad news isn't happening. It just means that we're seeing more of it and it's not being balanced out by the 
by the positive things that are that are happening all over the world. So I had this experience in the last two years of surrounding myself with amazing positive projects that are that are really happening right now. And the future, from my point of view, actually looks bright. Um, I know that's hard to imagine for a lot of people, but um, so I, I, I would say to young people and, and anybody, if you're feeling hopeless and, and scared by what you're seeing, um, shift what you're looking at. Look for solutions. Look for ways to become part of the solution. Look for ways to participate because part of the hopelessness comes from feeling helpless. Um, but if you can connect to projects that are positive and doing good, it will help. And thank you to all of our K-Squid listeners for tuning in to today's career story with your host, Jacob, and myself, Danielle, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Eric Gilberg, who is the CEO of Now City. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, guys. And if you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM K-Squid Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays or stream online at ksqd.org.